It's time for episode 55 of the Clockwise Podcast, recorded September 24th, 2014. Clockwise, four guests, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, a podcast where we have all the time in the world. <laughs> well, that's true. I'm your host, Dan Morin, and across the country <laughs> for me, as always, is my co-host, Jason Snow. Hey, Dan, how's it going? It's going okay. It's going great. It's go- <laughs> I'm finding my, myself with a lot of free time. How about you? I th- This edition of Clockwise is seven hours long. Well, we promise it's not. It'll still be 30 minutes. That's our guarantee. And we have two exciting special guests this week. To my left, a man who never met a podcast that he didn't like or couldn't sell an ad for. It's Lex Friedman. Hi, thanks for having me, Dan and Jason. Welcome back. It's been a while since you've been on this show. Yeah, it's true. I think it's uh, maybe the longest gap between guests. It was many jobs ago for for many of us. <laughs> yeah. You left IDG, and for a while, almost every episode was just IDG people. Um, fortunately, right. now it's pretty much a no IDG zone here. So, hey, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be back. And, and to my left is one of our very few... Uh, special outside guest that we used to have. Uh, now everybody is an outside guest because we're all outside. Uh, it is iMore's own Renee Ritchie. Hi, Renee. Hi, Jason. This feels so weird because usually we're standing in a parking lot or crouched <laughs> in a lo- hotel lobby. Yeah, I know. This. It's like a regular. Uh, thank you for being on a regular episode of Clockwise for the first time. It was great to be here. Jason. For the folks at home, remind them how this lovely podcast works. Well, we have four people here. We're each going to bring one tech topic that we're interested in. We're going to talk about it briefly in a in a little circle. Everybody's going to get a chance to chime in, and we'll keep it all under 30 minutes. That's because we value your time. We do. And because I am this week's designated host, I shall go first. Take it. Uh, last week, we saw the release of iOS 8. Jeez, was it just last week? It seems like a long time ago. seems like a long time ago. Uh, And I was curious to know from you guys what uh, apps, third-party apps that you found that are uh, really taking advantage of the new features in iOS 8. I will throw out there one... No, just kidding. I will throw out there uh, (laughs) uh, an app I like called Authy, which is a app that does uh, like the... Uh, the the second factor authentication codes and they added touch id support this week which is really cool so now i can actually have that app in totally password protected and when i launch it up all i have to do is press my thumb there and it gives me access to all my confirmation codes and no one else can get at them forever which is excellent lex do you have any apps that are taking particular advantage of ios 8 that you love yeah, I'm I'm a fan of apps that are uh, invading the uh, notification center today view with little widgets there. Uh, I'm using I I, use, I rotate between pedometer apps because several of them stop working on my iPhone 5s for some reason, and then I just download another one and it starts working. So right now I'm using an app called M7 Pedometer, and it tells me my number of steps when I uh, swipe down in notification center, so I never have to actually launch the app. I really like that. Same thing with. Uh, with pcal because i stole a second answer and did too i like that i can have the calculator right there when i need you know to math i love the pcalc thing uh with the calculator right in in the notification center that's awesome i'm gonna say one password i think it's just a uh it's fantastic now that one password's already been always been great uh on ios i really love having my passwords accessible but you have to like switch to the app and copy and paste them out and things like that or use the in-app browser which i absolutely never used and now they have an extension that will run right inside of safari so if i go to a website and there's a password i need i press the little button the share button i tap on 
one password and uh, boom, I can get I can get the password and put it in without ever leaving Safari, which is so great. So it's a great use of uh, of one password and and uh, of uh, extensions in iOS eight. So that's that's my favorite. Also, Touch ID support, which I should I should have mentioned that I don't have to enter my big password to get into into one password anymore. I can just stick my thumb on the on the button. Uh, one password, obviously, you took that already from me, Jason. So I'm sad. You can just co-sign. It's not a draft. I'll co-sign. <laughs> there, there's a, a lot of things that are great, and I, I have to apologize. I'm not sure exactly which ones have shipped or not yet because I was using a bunch of beta, so I might get this wrong. Humble brag. <laughs> no, uh, well, you know, it's one of the drawbacks of being in this trade. Uh, th- things like we haven't talked about yet is like the share extensions. For example, I used to have to go to Storehouse, which also launched for the iPhone around the same time as iOS 8, and then you know load my pictures into that. Everywhere I had to go to another app to do something that I used to, like, I should be able to do wherever I was. And now there's just a share action for um, for Storehouse and for you know all sorts of other photo apps, Pinterest, everybody. There's a Bing action translation that just translates websites for me. So it feels like instead of having to go do all these things, I, wherever I am, I can just get them done. And the photo filters are great too. You know, I'm not sure if Visco Cam is updated or not yet, but it's another case where you'd have to round trip, go three or four different camera apps, mm. come all the way back to photos finally. Now all those filters just in photos. It's it's almost human. Yeah, I, I will I will third, I guess, one password, which seems to have really aggressively adopted um, the stuff. I will also add um, Transmit from Panic. Oh yeah. Mm, um, which is pretty one. cool. A great app for one thing, and also just a great use of of the extensions and being able to like just go into your photo roll and upload a photo into any FTP server you want. It's great. It feels it's super powerful. It feels like something that you could only really do easily on a Mac before. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're using like you're really using a computer. Yeah. When you exactly use that. not just I, it's my phone, it has apps. It's like, no, now I have all the power. Yeah, and I, and I'm really excited to see what else comes out. Like Lex, I, I love the idea of the the today widgets. I haven't found a lot that I really want to put in there, but I keep thinking like, oh yeah, someone's going to come out with something really really good for this. And so I, I too have been using a pedometer in there, which is which is great. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see what else comes out. I mean, we've only had like a week of iOS 8, so I'm sure developers are cranking away on bringing new exciting mm-hmm. functionality to their apps. Lex, do you have a topic today? I, I'm a fan of the uh, third-party keyboard support in iOS 8, and uh, in theory. <laughs> so my, my questions for the panel are these. One, are you using any third-party keyboards? And two, how much did Apple cripple this feature for launch, and how frustrated are you? <laughs> because I'm using the SwiftKey keyboard sometimes when my iPhone feels like allowing me to, but every time I launch another app, I'm not using it again. I'm using the default keyboard, and uh, I don't know. I feel like Apple has made just the installation process of keyboards, you know, you have to follow a seven-step process and all these apps have painstakingly given you screenshots with instructions on how to activate the keyboard. And it's it's kind of user hostile. When you think about a million people downloaded Swipe or SwiftKey or one of those apps in the first 24 hours after iOS 8 launch, and you think about a million people going through those arcane steps to make those keyboards work, I can't even believe it. So tap on general, tap on settings, tap on <laughs> keyboards, tap on the key on the keyboards. Uh, add your keyboard. Tap on that. <laughs> Turn on Approve full access. Oh my yeah. god! Uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous that Apple added this feature and yet didn't offer a way for apps to turn the feature on for themselves from within the app with asking you right right the same way it does for notifications or anything else right just just yeah i don't have to go into notification center and add an app notification it just is there um i i i've got um i've got uh swift key and uh flexi 
mm. and Text Expander as as the three that I've done. I mean, Text Expander is a is a really nice keyboard that is like the Apple keyboard more or less, and lets you do Text Expander shortcuts, which is nice if you are a Text Expander maniac, uh, which many people are. Um, Flexi is supposed to be a really nice, like more accurate guessing keyboard, like the Apple keyboard. Um, I've found it maddening. And uh, Swift Key, um, Swift Key, when it works, I actually am amazed at how great it is um, because I get really frustrated when I uh, I'm typing, if, especially if I'm trying to type with like two thumbs. But when I'm typing and just I'm missing all the letters, I just I don't know why. Sometimes I'm I I, I get really frustrated with autocorrect or failures of autocorrect. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about Swift Key is I feel like I can really get in the groove there and and. Uh, because I'm swiping, I don't have to hit the keys exactly right, which means I can keep my eye on the autocorrect bar above the keyboard, which I kind of can't so much with with Apple's uh, keyboard. And uh, so I can sometimes pick up a real head of steam, and then other times it's like I am just generating random words out of a dictionary. <laughs> so I, I, I'm spending most of my time that's in the a, Apple that's keyboard. A yeah, it could be fun. I'm spending most of my time in the Apple keyboard, but I am really trying to uh, learn the shortcuts and stuff with uh, Flexi and Swift Key and see if I can. There's just so much bigger learning curve with those keyboards. But I, I have exactly the same problem is that with the widgets, you pull down Notification Center, there's an edit button, you tap that, you tap add, you install it where you expect it to be and i thought that maybe if you'd use the keyboard and you'd installed a new app with a keyboard in it you'd see the little globe icon turn blue or change somehow so you know by pressing that it would give you an option to install a new keyboard but no you have to go through all that rigmarole that you mentioned and then the security settings are such that it won't work when there's secure password fields it won't work if you haven't unlocked your phone it won't work if it's a tuesday i mean i'm I'm not clear on exactly how they implemented it i don't think it's crippled more like it's just totally unfinished they just didn't have time to get it up to the maybe the standard of the rest of extensibility. And I hope they fix that because right now it's a little painful to use them. Yeah. I will say, I don't know if any of you have ever tried installing a third-party keyboard on Android. It's actually not that much better. (laughs) I remember trying to walk a friend of mine through installing Swipe and, and he's not a terribly technically savvy friend, but like you had to like go create an account and then download it and then turn off all the like security stuff so that it could install. And it was kind of a nightmare there too. Um, I, I think Apple envisions this as a, honestly, a pro feature in some ways. So I don't think they're really that committed to making it super easy to install third-party keyboards. Um, you know, in some ways, it's amazing that they allowed this at all. Um, <laughs> I, I have found the similar experience to you guys that the they don't. it's hard to necessarily get a lot of time in those keyboards because I do find that it kind of <laughs> at whim seems to change what keyboard I'm using. Um, I really like the idea of both SwiftKey and Swipe, which I have installed, and I agree with Jason that I, I find it very, very fast sometimes to really type stuff out, especially, and I know there was a debate going on Twitter about this, but uh, especially swiping, I do find actually to be pretty quick, especially with one hand. Um, and I, I think it's really clever and really interesting. And I also keep feeling like I'm on this curve with it where like, oh, if I just get a little bit better at this swiping thing, I'll be so fast. <laughs> and I just never, I've seen to keep One hitting day. this plateau where it's like, oh, I'm like 80% of the way there. Um, so I, and I, I think they're very clever. I think some of the, uh, the built-in autocorrect that those guys have is really interesting. I know also people are somewhat worried about the keyboards that require full access, um, and it's certainly a matter of concern. I guess I feel like I, I always, I, there's so many software apps and things that I entrust information to. I kind of am like, meh, well, okay. <laughs> I, not I explained will, well. That button is not explained yeah, well for the different it, features it offers. It's very scary too, right? Like it's a scary warning that pops up. Um, yeah. 
And it is unclear how much you need. Like, if you turn it off, a lot of times the keyboard still works. They just won't give you the, like, suggestions. Um, so there is some difficulty in there. But I, I think it's cool that they're there. I hope we see some more refinements with this. I doubt it's high on Apple's list, but I've got my fingers crossed. I will say, um, I, I watched that debate on Twitter about do you swipe? Because I wasn't really swiping in SwiftKey. And what I've realized just in the past, really, 24 hours since I saw that debate was uh, the same way I had to coach myself to just trust the iOS keyboard early on in its era. Where don't backspace and correct your typos. Trust that iOS is going to figure out what you're wanting to write and correct it for you. I had to trust that I could just swipe really fast on the keyboard and it's going to figure out what I want and I shouldn't stress about it because I was definitely swiping at like one mile an hour. And now that I'm swiping at top speed, it's kind of insane how well it works. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, that, thank you, Lex. That is uh, our second topic. We're halfway through. It's halftime, and that means it's time for our sponsor. Our sponsor Woo! today, yeah, high five, Lex, is <laughs> Personal Capital. I want to share with you this free and secure tool that solves two barriers to growing your wealth. Number one barrier. It's hard to keep track of all that stuff. Stocks, 401ks, bank accounts on all different sites with different usernames and passwords. And Barrier number two, you got to pay somebody to manage it, and you're probably paying too much. Personal capital will bring all of your accounts and assets onto one single screen on your computer, phone, or tablet with real-time intuitive graphs. It shows you how much you're overpaying in fees and how to reduce those fees. You also get tailored advice on optimizing your investment. So why wait? Signing up takes just a minute and it will pay big dividends. Personal Capital gives you a total clarity and transparency to make better investment decisions right away. Here's what you need to do. Set up your free account. Go to personalcapital.com. And I'd like to remind you that C-A-P-I-T-A-L, personal capital. You don't own a capital building of your own that's your personal capital. It's personalcapital.com slash clockwise. Personal Capital is free. And the smart way to grow your money, go to personalcapital.com slash clockwise for your free account. And thank you to Personal Capital for sponsoring Clockwise. True thing. I use their uh, notification center widget, too. It tells me my recent transactions from all the different cards and stuff. Nice. Very nice. Nice nice value add there, Lex. I appreciate it. True thing. Halftime is over. Time for the next topic. It's mine. Uh, so, did we get uh, new iPhones? And uh, if you didn't, why not? And if you did, what'd you get? And what are your first impressions? And let's start with Renee. I got an iPhone 6 Plus because it was so different. I really wanted to try it out. It was, you know, not the linear successor of previous iPhones. It was something. I hear new. they're not linear at all anymore. <laughs> and when are you returning them? Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it, it is interesting because I do miss, when I use the iPhone 6, it feels like an iPhone. Just like it, it is bigger, but it's rounder, it's lighter. It's, you know, it, it just feels like using an iPhone. The iPhone 6 Plus really is different. It's like the bottom half of an iPad. And especially when you turn it into landscape mode and you get that split view, um, I feel like it's functional. You know, in my in my personal universe, I would have one device that just magically expanded or contracted depending on what I wanted to do. But I don't live in that universe. So so I'm trying to I'm trying to use, stick with the iPhone 6 Plus. I think I'm going to make a go of it, but it really I don't think it is it is what a lot of people would expect in an iPhone. Yeah, I I did not go for the 6 Plus. I got a iPhone 6, the 64 gig version, which is a nice upgrade over my 32 gig iPhone 5. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It is definitely taking some getting used to. Um, I still have my iPhone 5 on my desk because I'm, I'm wiping it and sending it in at some point. And so every once in a while when I pick that up again, I'm like, wow, this feels incredibly bulky and weird. 
um, because it just it, it feels thicker. It feels, you know, the screen's so cramped and small. I wouldn't say it's quite as big a departure as going from the iPhone 5 uh, from a 4S to a 5, um, but there's clearly a difference there. Uh, also, having skipped a generation, there are a lot of features in the 6 that I didn't have before and that I'm really enjoying, such as Touch ID, which I think is really awesome uh, and seems to work very well for me on the iPhone 6. And uh, the coprocessor, so having the built-in pedometer, I think, is really, really cool, too. So there's, it's been a nice improvement. Um, it's also been a change because I used to keep my iPhone 5 in a Mophie, so it was really bulky. Um, and my iPhone 6 is currently unadorned with any case whatsoever. But it does, it's so small now, it fits very easily in a pocket, I find, in terms of, like, or at least... A, a man's jeans pocket, for example, which is a normal size as opposed to the terrible pockets they give women's clothing. Um, and it's so thin, like low profile that I don't really notice it there sometimes. I do find myself checking to make sure I still have my phone on me. Did you steal um, somebody's pants? You said a man's jeans pocket. I'm just wondering, <laughs> is it yours or, or somebody else's? No, I put it in someone else's pocket. Okay, good. That's just, that's it was, where I it was that it. easy. It was that easy. Amazing. Uh, it's so small. It just slips right in. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I found it really good. I, I think the screen is awesome. It's really nice looking, and it's it's really large, and that gets you so much more real estate in some of those apps. So it's very cool. Hey, Lex. No new phone. Oh. I'm continuing to rock my iPhone 5S. Are you rocking it? I'm rocking it. Right. I got it last year when it came out. I really like it. I... Uh, I, I am not a size purist. I uh, I haven't seen a six or a six plus in person thus far. I haven't handled either. I'm sure they're lovely, except for the six plus. And <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I didn't. I don't have this craving for more screen real estate. I also love my iPad Mini and use it for some other things. I like that I can reach the upper right corner of my 5s, uh, and I, I you know the with the pinky tripod slash thumb arch. So I'm I'm good. I'm gonna wait it out another year, and I have every hope, expectation, and. And, uh, belief. I'm going to just be redundant. I have every hope, expectation, and belief that uh, next year, when Apple has new new iPhones, uh, there will be another one that's the size of the current five series. Okay, so we can give you, that one. if you if you break down and buy an iPhone six in like the next year before before we get to make fun of you, right? We, right. Oh, absolutely. That's how this works. I, 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 indefinitely, this is a case where I'm too cheap. As a T-Mobile customer, I could trade oh, yeah. it in and get a couple hundred bucks, but then you, I, I like my low price. monthly payments. That's why I'm T-Mobile, and I don't want to pay like 600 bucks net right. to get a new phone. Dan, I think, I think you meant make, make fun of him more. <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. Uh, I'm never coming on this podcast. I, I have an iPhone. Uh, I got an iPhone 6, 64 gigs, space gray. Um, I'm really liking it. I actually am am using the oh sorry Lex rocking the uh, <laughs> the black leather case Ooh, from Apple and, and, wow. and as somebody who really loved the black iPhone five and was sort of sad when they went to space gray I'm really kind of liking it because it's given me that you know how much blacker could it be all black uh, phone feel which is kind of neat and actually these these Apple cases are, are I think a lot better than the iPhone five cases so um, but I'm liking it and and you know you get used to it I, I feel like the six um, feels like an iPhone after a while. You got to change your hand placement a little bit and all that. And once your brain kind of catches up to the slightly different um, feel, um, then you're good. And, and, it, and it doesn't feel like ridiculously large or anything. It's nice. I keep accidentally squeezing the volume button when I hit the power button. Yeah. It is a, yeah. that is a problem. Or trying to take a picture with the um, with the volume button and you yeah. put, make your phone go to sleep. That's not so good. Or take a screenshot, which is in our, in our business. really hard now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know why they did it, but it, it's uh, I'm not a big fan of that. So Lex wins, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I think I almost 
where I know Apple would never do it. And it's a terrible idea, but I almost, if I had one of your giant phones, would prefer to have the sleep-wake button in both places. <laughs> well, uh, Extra The buttons. easy reach place and the, uh, and the old place. Wow. Yes, Apple would never do that. No. They, they separate the sleep and wake functionality for him. Into <laughs> yeah, one is sleep and one is wake. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, and one is a button that just calls up your pictures of your friends. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's another device. Renee, it's your turn. What do you have for us? Well, because I have the iPhone 6 Plus, I awoke in shock and horror yesterday to see that some people had been applying extreme physical butt force to them and actually <laughs> bending them. Um, it, bending them to, I guess, their personal body conformity uh, zones. It, every time, it seems like every year there's this controversy. Like sometimes you can put your finger on the antenna and pause the network connection. Sometimes, you know, you, you can maybe scratch it by putting in a case. Just every year we come up with something to be horrified about. And yesterday it was some dude putting his hands on the iPhone and bending it until it became, I don't know, a half a bagel. Oh. It was very disconcerting. I, I had to turn that video off after a while because it's just yeah. like, no, don't, no. Okay, no. I mean, let me let me make a short list for you of other things that you can bend until they... <laughs> break. Uh, sandwiches. Uh, I mean, pictures. Uh, you know, envelopes that you get in the mail that say fragile, do not bend on them. Like, yep. there's a lot of things, it turns out, that when you apply pressure to them, they bend, unsurprisingly enough. Um, I think, you know, the concern from this comes from places where people feeling like, you know, they're bending in cases where they shouldn't. But with all the reports being so anecdotal right now, um, like because it came out of there was some guy talking about like, oh, I had it in my front pocket for like several hours and it bent. And then everybody else is like, oh, my God, it bends. Let's test this. Let's see if it bends. And the answer is yes. Yes, it bends. It's like suggest it's like the old does it blend video where it's like, let's see if we put it in a blender if this breaks it. Answer always yes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, obviously, I'm sure Apple is curious to know if there's cases where there this is bending and it shouldn't. Possibly there could be flaws in some of the construction. Um, there are defects. This always happens. Uh, I'm sure they tested this or like I have find it hard to believe that Tim Cook is sitting there and a Cupertino like slapping his hand to his forehead and going like, oh, my God, we, we never checked to see if it bends. We forgot the bend test, guys. Fire paper master. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's already gone. The paper master is no more. He bends like paper. But isn't uh, that the cost of having such a thin like it's really sure. thin aluminum over a huge volume? I have a no it's I have physics. a giant Nokia phone here. It's like a brick. If I dropped it, it would break the sidewalk. I can't bend that thing, but I also don't want to carry it. Right. I, and see, I mean, the thing yeah, where, where I think it's worth being concerned about is if it's true that some people are having it bend while keeping it in their hip pocket, you know, their front pocket as sure. opposed to their back pocket. Um, I have argued on other podcasts that Apple's making its phones too thin. I would rather they be a little bit thicker with more battery life, but I may be in the minority. But if they if they can bend in normal use. And I mean, I, I would even argue that having your phone in your back pocket should be considered normal. use. No, it's abnormal. And and, it scares me. And it scares me so much. It's very popular with. I know. I, I would never do it, but I've, it's popular with women who tend to have smaller front pockets. Um, I, my wife and many of her friends use the back pocket to hold their phones, and then sometimes take them out before they sit, and sometimes don't. It I, always makes know, me cringe. I used to but, do it more with my with my iPhone five and the Mophie, just because I found it harder to get in and out of a front pocket. But yeah. like not not permanently. Like if I was walking around the house or something, I would sometimes just put it in my back left pocket. But yeah, I, I agree that it's not a place that I normally carry it. So I, I don't know. If, if it really can bend in your side pocket, that's a problem. What if it I can mean, bend with brain power? It's a problem. Just like the force of your mind. So, um, yeah, it's a Yuri Geller <laughs> kind of thing. So, so um, 
uh, Ben Thompson, who does Stratechery, uh, he lives in Taiwan, and he wrote a, a, a note. That's how you say that? Yes. Thompson. Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan. <laughs> uh, he, he wrote a note about it, because these large phones are actually much more popular in Asia than they are in North America, where we are. Uh, see what I did there, Renee? I said North America. And um, <laughs> see what I did there, uh, guys who are all in the Northeast, and I'm down here? Um, the uh, He says that uh, these large phones, the phablet kind of size phones, those are all um, generally considered bag phones. You put them in a bag. You carry your bag with you. The phone's in the bag. You get the phone out of the bag. And his suggestion was, hey, Americans who suddenly have discovered big phones, don't put them in your pocket. That's not how you do it. And uh, I thought that was an interesting perspective, that uh, in Asia, where these things are very popular, they're much more commonly kept in a bag rather than tucked in a pocket so well, you know the samsung huh. ad is incoming right where they're going to try to bend a galaxy note 4 and the battery <laughs> cover is going to pop off instead sure the safety <laughs> it's, it's going to be one of those uh we, we our phones don't mend they're made of plastic <laughs> yay they just break yeah yeah oh well B- bend gate it's the latest <laughs> gate it wouldn't be an iphone release without some form of gate you I make a fake finger to touch id uh, before you bend it Mm. It's being called Bendigazi. Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, hey, Dan, that yeah. was the last topic. Do we have time Great. for a bonus question? We absolutely have time for a bonus question. Uh, I was thinking that since the fall TV season has finally rolled back around, I'm curious to know if there are any new shows or failing that, returning shows, that you are particularly interested in watching this year. I have to say, being on a superhero bent myself, I'm really interested to watch Gotham, which I think premiered earlier this week, and The Flash, which I think comes out the beginning of next month. Lex, you don't really watch television at all, do you? (laughs) You liar. I'm a big TV fan. Uh, The TiVo is loaded up with pilots that it's got to record, but uh, I really enjoyed. Last night, we watched the premiere, the pilot of Forever, uh, which is basically like uh, elementary uh, or house uh, with a supernatural element wherein the uh, the guy who's going to be the lead detective, let's call him, also happens to be immortal and mm. dies multiple times per episode. It's Captain Jack um, show already. Yeah. He, and then, he's Captain Jack the detective. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great, actually. The first episode was, uh, you know, you get that mix of procedural and uh, some serialized nature where there's going to be some ongoing storyline. And I, it was a good mix. I thought they did a nice job. Jason? Uh, Snell? <laughs> I'm just waiting to I, Dan the took third. Dan took the flash. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm doing a podcast with uh, Tim Goodman from the Hollywood Reporter now, and he listed four shows that were great this fall. And the one that most excited me was the Flash. Uh, and I, I I am not a watcher of Arrow, but I am intrigued by the Flash. I, I liked the Flash when it was on in the '90s with John <laughs> Weshley's ship, who's going to play yes. the dad of the Flash in this yes. series, which is pretty neat. And Amanda Pace from Max Headroom was in that too, and that was awesome. So I'm going to check that out. And I did. Uh, uh, returning shows, I'm I'm very happy that um, that uh, Sleepy Hollow is back because it's as ridiculous and crazy as it was when it left, and that's what I want. Renee, I'm afraid that if I even say the word Arrow, Dan and I will not be able to finish this podcast today. <laughs> it's only a half an hour, guys. I watched Gotham and I didn't hate it, and I watched the Shield <laughs> season two premiere and I didn't hate it, so I don't know what to do with my life anymore. <laughs> Just you're a man of love now, Renee. You're a man it's, of love and embracing everything. They, for the premise they set up, they did it without making a lot of dumb mistakes, and that gives me a lot of hope. And I don't know if Shield's going to go all Secret Wars this year, but I mean, it it wasn't terrible. I I don't know what to complain about. 
Well, that's that's good. I, I feel good. I like positivity. We need a little positivity yeah. around here. But I'm negative on my positivity. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, I think that maybe just about all the time that we have. I think so. Uh, I would like to thank one of our guests, Lex Friedman. I let Jason thank the other guest. I'm not saying I wouldn't thank him, but <laughs> I'm particularly thanking Lex Friedman. Thank you for being well, here. Dan, I welcome the opportunity to podcast with you. It's new and exciting, and I would, <laughs> so, I would do it again sometime. So, so where 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 can people find uh, uh, your more your other your, your other two podcasts that Dan and Lex do together? Uh, I would say go to um, go to I don't know which URL to yeah, Go to notplaying.net and it'll redirect you to the incomparable, and you'll find all the episodes of Not Playing. And uh, Dan and I also just launched The Rebound with John Moltz, whoever that is. Go to Rebound. the show is not named The Rebound with John Moltz, just so we're clear. <laughs> it's The Rebound starring John Moltz. Like no, it's, it's just The Rebound. John Moltz plays The Rebound. Yeah. He's the title so, character. Reboundcast.com for that one. All right. Episode two, I think, is going up uh, right around the time this episode goes on. Excellent. Probably. And Renee, you do a billion podcasts <laughs> uh, and as well as write many excellent things at imore.com. Reviews cast is a good one. What yes. else? What else? Uh, where can people find all your mini podcasts? Um, imore.com slash podcast. I That's try to put as many as, as many as legally allowable yeah. up there. That's excellent. Excellent. I have 30 minutes of Guy English just mercilessly destroying me and Dave Whiskus about Doctor Who that I have no idea where to put because he did it in a different show. So I'll find a place for that. <laughs> nice. All right. I agree. It's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you back. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. Uh, Dan, uh, let's do this again next week. Uh, yeah, let's do that. All right. All right. I'm, wherever, on, I'm on board. Wherever life takes us, we'll just do meet back here next week and, and we'll do this again. And uh, to everybody out there, thanks for listening to Clockwise. Uh, we remind you as always, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.